You're watching The Sports Objective, the podcast for pirates. This is East Carolina Hall of Famer and Utah Jazz first-round draft pick Blue Edwards. You're listening to Pirate Basketball Overtime on The Sports Objective, your home for the best East Carolina hoops coverage. championship edition of the sports objective as now it's a eastern time we're recording this live at 107 so good morning and uh, for some of you it might still be evening welcome into the show my the guy that's been on the edge of his couch seat recliner kyle from the grange barber how are you man what's going on dave yes uh historic night in ecu basketball history the ladies Make it to the NCAA tournament for just the third time ever. And I got to say that ECU, we see you, that, I, we got to incorporate that into our open. Yeah, I really like that. And we have to give a shout out to the producer, co-host. Uh, he is the man. We appreciate Bubba Rosenbaum. Dude, what's up? You're fired up about the Pirates going dancing. Uh, it's been a long time, uh, what, 16 years. Uh, so... Uh, the, the women uh, going going dancing for the third time in program history tied the school record for wins tonight twenty three and nine now um, we had won twenty three on two other occasions and uh, in a great great night to be a pirate um, it was uh, an awfully rough start uh, went eleven to two after the first quarter and then we trailed thirteen to four with about seven and a half or so minutes left in the first half but. Um, Alexia Rose, as we'll discuss, and really came off the bench and provided a spark. And then, uh, despite Danae McMill, McNeil, excuse me, struggling to put the ball in the basket, um, and she was picked up by uh, Sania Johnson. And Johnson and uh, Rose really provided the spark we needed when the typical. Uh, Typical faces and names weren't uh, necessarily producing on the offensive end. No question about it. When you have the top two scores for uh, for both Houston and for East Carolina, so you have those two that you would think would be the marquee matchup. And at one point, guys, uh, Kyle, they had both of them had zero points in the second half. They still, in fact, uh, Danae uh, McNeil, she finally scored four points in the third quarter. And if you had told me that, I would have said that East Carolina would have probably lost in a blowout. But just goes to show you that it's a team sport, right? Yeah, not not McNeil's best night, but you know what? She's done a lot of great things as a pirate, and will continue to. Um, I, uh, I I I was um, really stunned by something Bubba said. Sixteen years. Yes. Two thousand seven. You know, when you say that, it don't seem like it's been sixteen years ago, but. My goodness, 16 years since the last time we went to the NCAA tournament. It doesn't seem like it's been that long, but it really has. So, uh, uh, huge, huge night for the Lady Pirates. You, you know, it was an ugly basketball game. I think you had two tired two tired basketball teams. Yes. It was a slugfest out there. Uh, very competitive back and forth. You know, I kind of said at halftime, I, I said in one of the group texts, I said that was their best shot. That was Houston's best shot in the, second, in the first half. We played as bad as we could. And they were up by seven. I thought right then we'd win the game. It, it seemed like to me, I'm glad you brought that up, Kyle. It seemed like to me, and Bubba helped me out on this, but it seemed like that the, the legs for Houston was just a little bit worse than ours. And 
that we had a little more zip than they did. And it showed in the second half. I felt like that we came out and, and you know, Kyle is telling you before in the green room and Bubba can attest to this. It's like, please, God, don't have a third quarter, <laughs> a typical third quarter this year where, you know, you lose a lead or you get further and further behind. In this particular case, it was something different. When I saw the way they came out in the third quarter, I, I uh, agreed with Kyle, the fact that we were only down seven and then we're fighting. I said, man, we're going to win this game. Yeah, outscored them 14 to seven in the third quarter because it was 30 to all, uh, 30 all, excuse me, going into the fourth quarter. And then 46 44 final uh, and came down to the very end. Uh, but uh, and just so proud of the ladies and uh, all they have accomplished and um, just just finding a way when when so much was going against you down 11 and you just absolutely could not buy a bucket one field goal uh, because two of those four points um, in the first 13 minutes of the game were were free throws uh, where we had split a pair on a couple of different occasions and and despite not shooting free throws well um, tonight, I think when we're something like eight of twenty-two, we yeah. still found a way to get it done. Hey, another thing, Kyle, get this because you love championships. And sure. Bubba, check this, but I think I'm right on this. Um, I'm going to do this on the top of my head, and it's one twelve in the morning. I believe this is the only uh, the fourth time ever in program history we've won a conference tournament. Um, 1982, 1983, 2007, obviously, and now 2023. So this is a historical night uh, for the program, for the athletic department. So happy for uh, John Gilbert. I know Ryan Robinson, by the way, I got to give him a shout out. And if I had a hat, I would tip my hat. Guys, he was the one that was really high on and brought helped um, John Gilbert with the hiring process of Kim McNeil and Corey McNeil as associate head coach. And so got to give him a shout out for a great night to be a pirate and to have it's just I'm still in shock not that they were not capable of doing it but you know uh, when it comes to basketball um, we have not had a lot of good luck yeah the the ladies have had some success you know you mentioned the ones in NCAA tournament 07 but we've been to plenty of NITs and CBIs since then or CITs whatever we've been to the NIT and the CIT in ladies basketball under uh under uh, Heather, Macy. Heather Macy, Heather Macy in the NCAA tournament under uh, Baldwin. Sharon Baldwin Tenner. So we've had some success. It's just been a while, and uh, I think this was this was kind of Kim McNeil's year where she needed to be successful. I don't think she had to do this, but I'm glad she did. And like Coach McNeil um, referenced in the post game, as far as the fatigue um, that you guys mentioned, obviously playing. Your third game in as many days, and that's going to be a factor. Um, but also, let's not uh, forget that these teams defensively, um, they're two of the top defensive teams in the country, especially as far as turnovers forced, ranking second and third nationally, I believe. Coming into tonight's game, the Pirates were were second, and Houston was third, and forcing you know, 24 and a half, 25 turnovers per game. Yeah. So, um, so you knew points were going to be hard to come by. I think the over-under in this game was something like 119, and um, it ended up being 90. Ooh. Yeah, good point. Uh, 46-44, yeah, I thought about that. And just the fact that, you know, this. what's great about this story is we talked about, I know they talked about it in the press conference, but Kyle, how would you, you know, we talk about all the time about how it really doesn't matter about polls. We like it to talk about it with the media and the fans, but they were picked dead last, 11th in the conference. And they go from 11th to first. And I believe it was Micah Dennis, but one of them said in the press conference, um, post game press conference, that that's a journey. I, I believe it was Micah. And it's true. Like you go from, they didn't like that. They knew they had more talent than 11th. I wouldn't have said third, but I would have said maybe middle of the pack. And they ended up finishing third in the regular season. And that really helped them because that made them where they had just to play the quarterfinals, semis, and finals, three games in three days. Yeah, in February, we were the best team in the conference. And it continued over now into March. So, finished the third regular season, conference tournament champions, on to the NCAA tournament. How about this, guys? Uh, 
or I'm carry over from last uh, academic year, but baseball team, super regionals, football team, bowl game, women's basketball team, NCAA tournament. Um, you know, tomorrow we play Houston and the men. And the men are going to, if we lose tomorrow to Houston, which is likely, we'll have a losing record, but we have 16 wins. There's a chance maybe we might get a CBI invite. I thought we would be um, 16 to 16, right? Uh, no, I believe we'd be 16 yeah, to 17. We're, yeah, we'll have a losing record. 16 okay. to 17. Yeah, 16, 16, 17. Okay. Yeah. So um, it'll be interesting to see if we get a CBI invite. That would be something if the men made the postseason, too. Um, I, beat Houston yeah. tomorrow, and I guarantee you we will. <laughs> I, and and the, the way we're playing right now, Kyle, uh, if if we were to get a CBI invite yeah. uh, at 16 and 17, this team is playing well enough that it could make a little. Uh, and do do some damage, um, and you know, maybe maybe even uh, push for nineteen or twenty wins and make make a run in the thing. Yeah, be, no, uh, I believe that's entirely possible. And the CBI has taken teams who losing records before. It'll be depending, you know, are we on their radar? Um, you know, uh, is Schwartz pushing for this? Uh, you know, does Gil? You do have to pay a little money for it. Does Gil ever want to pony up the money? I think. I think now would be the time to do that if we had the opportunity. If we get the opportunity to do that, I think we need to accept it. Yeah, I think so because this this coaching staff, we talked about this before, this coaching staff has been very exciting. They've done a great job, guys. Think about this. They've done a great job recruiting, and so you have a chance where you can go in the recruit's house and say, hey, in our first year, we made it a CBI. Yeah, it's not the NCAAs, but, not it's, even NIT, but, NIT, but it's a step in the right direction. And, you know, uh, having those guys come in, you get a couple more uh, players that maybe that we were uh, hoping for. And all of a sudden you, you steal a few that probably would have gone normally to another school. And, and the conference gets a lot easier in basketball next year. And, yeah. and you have such a young roster. Think about it. Um, we can keep them. We'll see, you know, what it looks like for the 23-24 season. But, um, you know, you could just be losing – Luigi Debo, and then also uh, it's only like three. Right? Also, David Kasanga and I. So, just imagine if that is how it pans out um, yeah. with, with, with that nucleus that we have returning, and then what we have coming in. And like, okay. like you said, Kyle, and not a not an easy conference, but an easier. Uh, and uh-huh. I, I mean, look, you look at it this year, how close we were to to winning twenty games, because um, you. You had, you had. Well, here, here's the thing, Bubba. Is there a team in this conference on a given night right now with this basketball team? If we play our best basketball outside of Houston, that we don't think we can beat, and that would include UCF, who just blew us out. Memphis, you know, if we play our best basketball, we can do it. So now Houston's going to be gone, and you know, so next year, you know, the big dog will be Memphis. You know, Temple, uh, UAB. You know, it 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 changes the dynamic of the conference because. You know, if you took Houston out of this tournament, if Houston wasn't in this tournament and we won today and tomorrow we were playing, let's say, Tulane or UCF, we'd be all sitting here thinking, man, we might be able to win this thing if if Houston wasn't in it. Yeah, and that's the thing is when you have Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati going leaving, like you said, Kyle, it does make it easier. I think football, um, we have a a good shot of uh, winning a conference. and um, I'm not winning no, I'm just saying uh, down the line, yes, down the line, and then I'm talking about the one. The one surprise for me, and it may help us, is baseball is actually going to be better. Yeah, um, baseball should be better. Florida Atlantic's good. Um, you, you got Rice's tradition; they've been awful, but to be sure, at some point they'll get back to what they were. But we, we, we've gotten off track here talking about the conference. But you know, the, the, don't want to take away from what the women did tonight because that's what the main focus of the show for tonight is to talk about. The ladies and the accomplishment they had tonight. And what will the seed be? Will we be a 12 seed? Uh, I saw somebody say a 13 seed. Um, uh, in, in, any idea, Bubba, Dave, Bracketology? Do you guys have any projections on where we'll be seated or guesses? With, without looking at some of the other uh, automatic qualifiers that have won their conference tournaments, I, I think, I believe it was Richard Allsbrooks that uh, threw that possibility of getting a 13 out there. And I, I think that's entirely possible with our record of 23 and nine. Um, I haven't checked, but 
our net uh, RPI, if you will, um, was probably my guess would be low to mid 80s because I know before uh, our current run that we were 90s, in the low 90s or maybe even the high 80s. So we may have even crept up into the 70s. Who knows? So we'll, I'll check and see. But um, I, I definitely think it's entirely possible to to maybe be a 13 or something. What's TV for the for, – sorry, Dave. What's TV for the ladies uh, NCAA tournament? ESPN? Right. Yeah, and uh, by the way, I know Richard Allsberg, uh, Richard's getting a lot of love tonight. Uh, down in uh, Greenville, South Carolina, right, Bubba? Is that uh, where um, – what's great about this pod system and it helps out too is that um, they were talking about uh, – can't think of the name of the arena – um, but they're in Greenville, yeah, Greenville South Carolina, Bilo Center. It used to be Bilo Center, but that's what I was going to say. It's not the Bilo Center anymore. I can't think. Of yeah, it's, a, it's another corporate sponsor. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, that. That, I look, that's the thing, Kyle. I got used to saying the Bilo Center. Of course, a few, I think it was a few years ago. It's a new um, sponsor, but anyway, at that arena, um, that's where Richard was saying that would be fantastic. It's sad because. As much as I love my lady pirates, I love my my son dearly, and he has basketball, um, a big basketball tournament and a big baseball tournament in the same weekend. So I wish. Farm Secours Wellness Arena. There you go. Thank you. What is it called? Is it, that, that, that's where I saw the, uh, of course, the pirates, and the, on the men's side, I'll be the game d- d- defeat South Carolina. What's the name of the arena again, Bob? B O N Bon Secours uh, Wellness Arena. That's a horrible name. <laughs> Must prefer now, you know now, now you know why it was so easy for I, me to remember the Bilo Center. I was trying to think of – I knew it was not the Bilo Center, but I couldn't think of the name of them. Thank you, Bubba. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll settle for the Bon Secures Indoor Practice Facility right now. Yes, sir. Yeah, or the – how about, how about – you know who we should approach about an indoor practice facility? Bubba, you'll appreciate this. You know who we should appreciate about it because they got they're all over North Carolina, particularly in the eastern part of the state. But they're all over. You can't go ten feet without one. They 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 have the market in eastern North Carolina, so they should they should they should might as well have the Dollar General indoor practice facility. If there's ever been a company that that should sponsor a a, a, a practice facility in East Carolina, it is Dollar General because they are on every freaking corner in every little town in eastern North Carolina. They have a great, and you know what? They have a great, not to get too off topic, but they have a great business model because you're right, Kyle. Like, you can be down in Duplin County. It sounds like a horrible business model. Open a store every 10 feet, but it works. No, they have, like, for example, um, the great, the big city of Stokes, Beargrass, Columbia. Like, I mean, you think about it. If you're in in a small town and you have... uh, Oh yeah. yeah, no, no, yeah, I agree with you there, but like Stansburg has a Dollar General. I mean, I could start thinking from that you. aspect. I agree with you, but when you when you go into Goldsboro or Kinston or Greenville, and they got ten of them, some bitches. That that's that's my problem. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I wasn't talking about that part. I was talking about the fact of the small town. I mean, Beargrass yeah. has Beargrass has a population one hundred. Okay, and I'm not making. I'm from Martin. Yeah, Beargrass. But it was so Jamesville. Cool. Jamesville's got one. Yeah, Jamesville has one. Yeah. Williamson has La- one. Lagrange has one. There you go. Um, so anyway, enough of Dollar General. Until they give the money for the indoor practice facility, no more talk of Dollar General until they give the. <laughs> we should need, we need to get that pain. We need to get a campaign going. We need to get the CEO of Dollar General out here and say you 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 got stores everywhere in Eastern North Carolina. We we need your name on the indoor practice facility. Make it happen, DG. Or not David, not 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 David Glenn. I'm DG as in Dollar General. I know. Or we're we're gonna have a protest where we're gonna stop. <laughs> we'll go to the Family Dollar, bitches. <laughs> I forget you. All right, Bubba. Now let's go to. Uh, we're all giddy because of the time it is, and the women pulling it off tonight, forty six forty four over Houston. And I have some more comments on that, but I know Bubba. We want to go to the post game, right? Yeah. Here are the thoughts of. East Carolina head coach Kim McNeil, as well as some of the Pirate players following the 46-44 win over the Houston Cougars in the AAC championship game at Dickey's Arena out in Fort Worth, Texas. Sania Johnson and Amaya Joyner. Coach, before we get into questions, would you please give us a few comments about tonight's game? It's just surreal. 
Um, just an unbelievable game by both teams. Both teams fought extremely hard, just the way we did two, week, two weeks ago when we went into triple overtime. Um, very low-scoring game, but both teams um, really make their money off of their defensive effort. And, um, you know, tough that somebody had to lose, but I'm glad that we, weren't, we, we finished on top. And I'm just so happy for this program, so happy for these young women sitting up here um, to be picked 11th to be picked 11th and now we're going to the NCAA tournament. It's just, it's just unbelievable, but you know, I have to give all the credit to them. They, they've, they've fought and battled and, you know, put up with, with my mouth and me getting on them and yelling, yelling at them. Um, I know at times they probably want to tell me to shut up. Um, but I, I knew we had, I knew we had talent. I knew we had talent, obviously, um, inexperience to the fact of playing in this type of environment and for these young ladies who have never experienced winning to never experience winning 20 games to never experience winning one game in a conference tournament to come here and win this today it just shows just unbelievable resiliency by my team and by my coaching staff all right coach uh i think we're going to go right to zoom if we have If you have any questions on the Zoom, just go ahead, uh, use raise hand feature. We'll start with David Richmond, please. Coach, uh, very happy for you. It's been a great, uh, great ride this year, especially the last few weeks. Can you talk about mental toughness? Mental toughness seems to be something you guys have had, especially this tournament. And I uh, just wanted you to talk about that. Yeah, you know, I've been preaching all year to them that, you know, it all starts in practice. You know, and, and we're still growing in that aspect, you know, by telling them, you know, I'm not a type of coach that believes in when the lights come on, we shine. You know, we grind it out in practice every single day, regardless if we just play the game. If we're going to step on the court, we're going to go hard. We know no other way. And this is why we did it, to prepare for moments like this. And, you know, coming into this game, I told them, I said, you know, it's going to come down to the team that's the most mentally tough and the most physically tough. Both teams have played three games. Both both teams play a very physical defensive style of play. And so at this point, everything's going to become mental. And, you know, we scored two points in the first quarter. Two points, you know, but we kept getting stops. We kept rebounding. Um, and we just made some winning plays down the stretch. We'll go next to uh, Bubba Rosenbaum, please. Coach, about seven minutes remaining in the first half. We were down 13 to four. Talk about Alexia Rose coming off the bench, the spark she provided, back-to-back -back possessions. She took the ball strong in the basket and, then, um, and made buckets. Yeah, Alexia was huge coming off the bench. You know, to come in, you know, in that type of environment with the type of pressure and defense that they play to come in and make the plays that she made, you know, broke the press, got to the hole, you know, got an and one, hit a three, played some really good defense. You know, uh, I think this year, not that I think, but I know this is the deepest team that we've had. You know, Isis Adams came off the bench and gave us some really good minutes. And, you know, we knew we were going to have to go to the bench because we had some tired legs out there and for them to be ready to go to be ready to do whatever they had to do to help us win. Just, just unbelievable. And I'm just so proud of these young women. Other questions, questions for the student athletes. Go back to David, please. Sania, you've been so clutch in this tournament and uh, I love your game and the fact that you made some big baskets. I tell my son and daughter all the time to drive to the basket and you're like going through defenders, making plays, uh, especially crucial and the first and second quarter in that first half. Can you talk about that? Um, yeah, uh, I know that's what I do. So when they give the ball to me, that's what I'm looking to do. Um, for my teammates, they believe in me to get the ball in that situation and attack the basket and do what I'm supposed to do. So, For the student athletes as well, if each of you, you know, could, could answer this, um, you know, I'm sure you saw that you were picked 11th you know, in the preseason. Uh, you know, a lot of times those predictions aren't, far off from where they'd be, right? How, how, how was it that you were able to not fall into that trap of, of believing, you know, what, what, at least what other people thought about you? I mean, that gave us motivation. I mean, number 11, two championships, like that's a journey. <laughs> that is an amazing journey that not a lot of people can talk about. So the fact that we could tell our story is amazing. Which are there any, any parallels that can be drawn there? I mean, here, you, you, like you said, you had two points in the first quarter, but but then you look and you held them to 11. I mean, is there any kind of parallel you can draw between overcoming that kind of adversity season long versus, you know, sitting there after 
10 minutes with, with two points on the board. Yeah, and that's what we kept telling them. You know, we only scored two, but they only scored 11. You know, we go in in halftime, and I think we're down by seven, but, you know, we, we missed some free throws. We missed some layups, and, you know, we told them we just keep defending, keep rebounding the ball, keep defending, keep rebounding the ball, and the ball is going to fall through the hole. I thought we got some offensive rebounds the first half. We kind of just chucked it up there instead of taking our time. I thought we settled down in the second half and just just made some plays. I mean, the play at the end of the game, you know, when there's so many seconds left to go on the clock, 17 seconds or whatever it was, and we get two big stops, you know, that that's who we are. We do it every single day in practice. You know, we do a segment where, you know, defensively we have to get 10 stops before the offense scores 12, and we only get one point for a stop where the offense gets a two or three, you know, depending on what they score. And so that's what we kept saying at the end of the game. This is practice. This is this is practice. This is the first to 10. We got to get 10. We got to get one stop to win this. So, you know, we're built on defense. You know, when we score the ball really well, that's like an extra. But we're built on defense, and that's how we won the game. We'll go back to Bubba for the next question, please. This question is for Amaya. Amaya, talk about the emphasis on rebounding. I know – Obviously, in the game against Memphis, despite the win, out-rebounded by 17 uh, tonight. Um, you out-rebound Houston 55-47, and you had 15 of those. That's just what you do? Sorry. Yeah, rebound is what I do. Um, my offense game wasn't on tonight, so I had to help my team do something. I had to contribute. Um, yeah, to do something else besides scoring. Yep. Scoring. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just. And we, and we say. And we, we say that all the time. You know, there's always ways you can help the team. You know, sometimes people get so caught up in scoring the ball, but you know, we preach to our team all the time. Like, there's other ways that you can help. You can play defense. You can rebound. You can take charges. You can dive on the floor. You can make winning games. So, you know, we really preach not getting so hung up on the offensive offensive end of the floor to find other ways. And she's been huge for us all season rebounding the ball. In this tournament, she was definitely huge. We'll go back to David for the next one. David Richmond. I don't know if you ladies know this or not. I know you probably know it's the third time in the history of the school to go to the NCAA tournament, 1982, 2007. And now it's great to say 2023 for you ladies. Um, I don't know if you know this, but it's only the fourth time, I believe, in the history of the school to have a conference tournament. You're part of history. So I'm proud of you and proud of Coach McNeil, Coach Corey, everybody, the whole staff has done such an amazing job coming in four years ago. I was on the bandwagon. A lot of people were early on. Um, but I'm sure after tonight, there's going to be a lot of people on the bandwagon. It's going to be kind of crowded on that bandwagon. But um, I hope uh, I hope there's more people. And um, how, how about the fans? The fans have really come out this year. I know um, for you, there are Williams Arena, Minji's Coliseum. Can you talk about the fans? Because there are a lot of people. Blow, it's blowing up on social media right now. Let me tell you. Yeah, you know, I, I just um, thinking back to those last couple of games, it's just um, – it's just hard feeling. And I think back to my first year, and I remember specifically playing Memphis at home and coming, you know, two minutes left before we start the game and literally being able to count the amount of people in the gym. It was like 50 people. And, you know, we've worked really hard, you know, to try to build, you know, the attendance up because, you know, people in the stands help us in more ways than one. You know, when that crowd gets behind us, especially those last couple of games, Chen, ECU, Purple Gold, I, I just can't say a thank you enough to Pirate Nation, you know, for continuing to believe in us and, and them understanding that <laughs> women's basketball at ECU is relevant. It's relevant now. We're here to stay. Um, we are here to stay. And this, this is not the end. This is, this is going to be a tradition from here on out. Thank you, Coach. Good luck to you ladies in the tournament, and uh, maybe you can bring some more hardware home to Greenville. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Coach. Well, here's a shout-out to your SID, Cole, for his help this week. And thank you also to members of the media who hung with us till uh, 12.33 a.m. Eastern time to, uh, to join us. And they have the card. Yes. All right. We're back. Dave, you're on mute. Yeah, it would help uh, being 1.35 in the morning live. <laughs> to, uh, I was talking away and forgot about that. But, guys, uh, what a great night is what I was saying. The fact that we have a 
a championship and uh hey our fellas still win it they got the win today i'm really excited about that because <laughs> we, we, we i know everybody said we play houston but after this i mean anything's possible man um i i'm so giddy about the fact that we have the championship for the ladies year four for kim mcneil bubba i mean excuse me kyle you made the great point you have the win in the bowl uh there for the pirates you have yep. uh, of course this tonight I mean, what's next for the Pirate program? Yeah, baseball, uh, hopefully. Baseball. Doing Super what it regional. does. But, Six you know, Dave, away, I, was listening right? to you, I was listening to you there at the end of the press conference with Coach McNeil. I thought you were going to host your own podcast there. Uh, and there at the, uh, the, the end, uh, I was like, I was like, Dave's just gone rogue. It's, it's, it's the uh, sports <laughs> No, I, I think that, I, I think that there's a lot of people, coaches said this, uh, that, people had kind of given up on her. And um, so I just wanted to give her a shout out that I'm proud for the program, uh, obviously for East Carolina, but I'm proud for her and their hard work. And the fact that I love defense and I know that may not be sexy, but that's kind of like the foundation for the house because the defense was there and a night like tonight, guys, the offense wasn't there, but you can still play hard on defense and they come out with a victory. Defense wins championships. (laughs) There you go. Well said, my friend. Well said. Hey, what, can I say something real quick? I'm just shocked in a good I way. I wish you would. Thank you. I'm just shocked in a good way. We've got people watching and listening right now, and <laughs> it's early in the morning. I was thinking, okay, I guess we're better than Dave. No, don't, don't ever say you're shocked. We have people watching and listening. No, no. Listen to me. Listen to me. The fact that it's 1:35 in the morning, and they choose us over some infomercial or <laughs> old movie uh, or old TV show. They pick or us. sleep. Or sleep, exactly. But maybe they can't sleep, so they're like, we'll watch the guys on the sports objective, and hopefully that doesn't put them to sleep. So, <laughs> Well, I, I thank everybody for watching and listening and game watching or listening live. If you listen to us on uh, a couple days later, maybe uh, sometime Friday afternoon, um, who knows tomorrow, you know, the, the women do it tonight. You know, you never know tomorrow. I, you know, as Skip Holtz, excuse me, as Lou Holtz would say, they put their pants on the same way we do. I mean, so they, they got to go out there and play the game. Um, Houston may come out ice cold. The Pirates may come out red hot, hitting three after three after three. You know, upsets happen every day. Um, so, hey, you know, it would shock the world tomorrow. You know, it, 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 would, it would be the top story in college basketball for the day. No doubt about it. That's a great way. Speaking of recruiting, Bubba, and talking about the men's basketball, let's go to Pirate basketball. Men's basketball got a huge win earlier yesterday afternoon and i know you want to go to that post game right yeah we have the post game uh, with head coach mike schwartz uh, and then also jane walker and rj felton who had absolutely huge days uh, you had four pirates and double figures uh, led by Jaden and rj they both had 22 points uh, so um, so uh, not, and not only did they have 22 points and you had them contributing in other ways as well. Uh, Jaden had a double, double 22 points, 10 assists, and I think six or seven rebounds. So uh, flirting with the triple double. And then, um, and then I want to say RJ had at least five or six rebounds as well. In addition to those 22 points, David Kasanga and I great to see the senior come off the bench and score 10 points. And then you also had Ezra Asar, um, Ezra had had 10 points and five or six boards. So um, awesome to see those four Pirates in double figures. And let's hear from Coach Schwartz, Jaden Walker, and R.J. Felton right now. All right, welcome. Uh, we're joined uh, today by East Carolina Coach Michael Schwartz, uh, players Jaden Walker and R.J. Felton. Coach, before we get to questions, if you would give us just some general comments about the game. Yeah, just uh, great respect for Coach Gregory and the South Florida program and their players. Uh, we've had three hard-fought games this season. Just the ultimate respect for Coach Gregory and his program. Uh, very proud of our guys to come back and fight, especially after a little bit of a slow start, uh, you know, in terms of the first four minutes particularly. But very proud of these two guys and our whole group for fighting, uh, you know, the rest of the way. And we we're fortunate to be able to win this game. All right, do we have questions? Okay, Jaden, Jaden, RJ, it felt like you guys just 
took over this thing after that slow start. What seemed to be working for you guys? You both finished with 22 points. What seemed to be the momentum there heading into that final stretch after that slow start? Yeah, Bill, can't move one over the time. Like, down to three games. When, um, when, Javon, um, when Javon went down, a new man stepped up. Jay Walk had to step up in that role. Um, step up in the PG spot. He's um, he's um, prevailing in the role, and I'm learning how to play off of him. We, we build that chemistry over the past times, and um, we're looking um, to set each other up on and off the ball. No further questions from the Okay, Chuck, let's go to Zoom. Hey, on the Zoom, we can start with uh, Patrick Mason from the Daily Reflector, please. Uh, Coach, for you guys to turn them over 14 times, then to score 19 points off of those turnovers, I guess how, how important was that to, to coming back on them and also just, you know, just keep keeping that distance against them? Yeah, well, you know, I don't know about keeping the distance, but defense was definitely what we knew we had to do to have a chance to, to you know, to to win this game. They're an extremely explosive offensive team. Uh, both our first two games, we talked about that we had guarded well for a lot of the game, but we had two stretches in both games where we allowed them to go on 10-0, 12-0 runs that ended up being the difference in the game. So we couldn't allow that to happen. And, and turnovers, obviously, if you can force some turnovers, that does a, you know, that, that that's probably the number one thing you can do to stop a team from going on a run, especially if you can convert on those turnovers. But defense was just such a huge aspect of our game plan going into the game. And once we stopped turning the ball over ourselves within the first four minutes of the game, uh, we were able to set our defense. You can't set your defense if you're turning the ball over because they're out running. So once we could set our defense, even if we didn't make the shot, uh, we could set our defense. And I thought our guys were excellent on that end tonight. Hey, we'll go next to Stephen. I go, please. Uh, Jaden, the first time y'all met South Florida, the first two times you were playing more off the ball, playing point guard tonight. How did that maybe change things for you guys? You know, as far as game plan, and obviously you just kind of change the flow of the game, and you know how it how it came out. You know, piggybacking off of what RJ said, uh, we took a loss from Jamal Small. You know, he got injured earlier in the season, and I started playing point guard, so I had to step up. And tonight, you know, I just had to keep being aggressive. And once we got through that little shaky start we had at the beginning of the game, the game started to slow down. And, you know, just was looking for my teammates to be in the right spots. And we was able to capitalize off of that. Okay. Other questions, please? Uh, coach, you know, Harris ended up scoring, I think, 26, but he had to take 22 sh shots to do it. So, were you happy with kind of just how much y'all made him work to get those those points? Well, you know, you and I talked about this before we headed to Fort Worth, and I, you just can't shut him down. I mean, you can try, and, and you're going to do that, and that was obviously our focus. But if you put if you put it on shutting him down, and that ends up being what your barometer is of success, uh, you know, you're not going to come out on the on the positive end of that a lot because he's that dynamic of a score but what you can do is you can try and make him take shots on our terms which i thought we did tonight we got him off the line um, a few times whereas in the first two games he got those threes up and when he can shoot the ball comfortably he can put a 6-0 9-0 run on you in a hurry so to make him take 22 shots that that's an advantage for us because not only that but maybe she was a little bit less involved in the game because uh you know, he, he's a huge part of their offense, too. And great credit to Luigi DeBoe and what he did. Obviously, he started, I would venture to say, without looking at it, this is probably as close to a career high in minutes, if not it, for him tonight. And for him to battle on that end defensively uh, versus their big fella, you know, give great credit to Luigi. Coach, how, how important was the the perimeter game for you guys, just even offensively? I know Dave hit three three pointers in the in the first half, and then obviously RJ hit four more in the second half. Just I'm sure spacing the floor wise, but how, how important was that for you guys offensively? Yeah, it's really important. But again, you know, uh, these guys to, to my left are the ones that, that did it. They knew, you know, we went in with the game plan of understanding what we wanted on offense to play with a purpose. Uh, we tried to execute. We just turned it over. Uh, it doesn't matter how much purpose you have. If you give the ball to the other team, you're not going to have good results. But once Jaden, uh, you know, kind of felt got comfortable in the game, reading their ball screen defense. I thought Jaden, as he has done the last six or seven games, did a fantastic job picking apart in terms of where the pass needed to go. 
I mean, that's all he can do. Once he's reading the coverage of their post defender, reading the coverage of the on-ball defender, he makes the next play. And then RJ, Dave, and other guys stepped up and made shots today. You can't count on shots going in all the time, but what you can't what you can count on, excuse me, is making the right read. And Jaden and RJ did that, and we capitalized by making some shots, which is big for us. Okay, next we'll go to Eric Gullickson, please. Hey guys, congratulations. Um, you got a big test on board tomorrow against Houston team. You guys just saw very recently, uh, just a couple weekends ago, you know, what can you guys kind of take out of that game and, and seeing them in person, uh, to help you get ready for tomorrow? Any of the players yeah. playing against Houston the first time, it was more of a learning experience than anything. Uh, they had beat us on the glass a lot. We had, we had to focus on, um, on rebound and um and um learn matching up to the physicality to them. Yes, yes, they're the number one team. Kudos and I give respect to them. But I, I just feel like I just feel like we just got to match their energy as uh, as we play against them. Coach, before we let you go, um, the ECU women's team is playing for the conference championship tonight. Anything you want to uh, you have to say about uh, on, on their behalf? Go Pirates. Let's get a championship tonight. Yes, sir. Go ladies. We see you. We see you. This should be played at high volume. We see you. We see you. All right. It's great to uh, have Coach Schwartz there. And, uh, oh, we're wrapping up the show there for a second. There too. Uh, but uh, hey, uh, Kyle, I know that uh, it's late here, almost uh, two o'clock in the morning, recording this live. And obviously, I appreciate uh, all of you that catch it on the archives. Like you said, any final thoughts before we go as we're wrapping things up? Uh, congratulations to the ladies. Uh, basketball season continues for the Pirates, no matter what happens tomorrow with the man against Houston, because women will be in the big dance. Be interested to see where they're seated, where they're playing, what the seat will be, who the opponent will be. Got all that to look forward to. And who knows, from t- later today, uh, we might make history, uh, meet the number one team in the country. You never know. That would be fantastic. And Bubba, I know, I uh, want to remind everybody, of course, of uh, extra. And innings. baseball. We got yeah. baseball tonight, Liberty. That's right, Liberty uh, coming into town. And uh, I know we have an advantage there, uh, beating the Flames uh, a number of times. So uh, good luck to the Pirates. And uh, obviously, Another tournament for the the Lady Pirates when it comes to softball. I know uh, lacrosse has been doing well, so uh, proud of the spring sports. Been killing it, man. Yeah, yeah. And I, I haven't been keeping up with lacrosse, but I know the softball team's gotten off to a good start. I guess that's continued. So, uh, yeah, uh, Pirates looking good all the way around. Six and one for lacrosse, by the way. But uh, we'll see how they do this weekend. But good luck to all of them. And uh, Bob, I know we've got uh, programming coming up, and obviously we'll have overtime. Uh, after to, to probably tomorrow night or sometime tomorrow afternoon, right? Yeah, we'll have that. And then we'll have on Sunday evening, we'll have extra innings, taking a look back at the Queen's victory, uh, five to two in 10 innings. Um, you know, what a night that was at Atrium Health Ballpark, a little bit too of exciting uh, <laughs> of a night. But uh, I enjoyed that how much game did you pay for it, by the way, Bubba? How much did you pay for the ticket? <clears throat> 10 bucks. So you got like $25 worth of of a ball game, right? You, you should have given them extra money for that. Yeah. That pitcher, put, that pitcher pitched the game of his life for Queens. I did, did, about, game, did you hear about that? Why. He pitched how many innings? Huh? And then t- he only had two. He, 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 went, he went eight and two thirds, I guess it was, and and then tw- 129 pitches. And he had two days rest, Kyle. How about that? Two days. Hey, you don't want to do that too much. You're going to ruin his arm. But exactly, uh, exactly. But anyway, I'll keep my mouth shut. And by the way, did you see that picture of the dude that was uh, had a, the one headed <laughs> finger salute right near Bubba? I did. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what that was about, Bubba. Do you know what that was about? That's no clue. I didn't know like, it had hey, happened. Bubba. I didn't know that it had happened until you guys sent me the picture. <laughs> I was like, poor Bubba is like one of the nicest guys ever. And he's got some dude, um, and I won't say the word I want to use right now, even though I can, um, some unnice dude. Uh, how do you know? How do you know? He may have been provoked. I mean, you, you don't know what the situation was. I, there have been many a time I flipped somebody the finger and used all kinds of foul language. 
It doesn't, you know, you, you test the reaction. You don't know what he was done to, to be provoked. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I'm uh, glad that we got the victory and a great turnout, right, Bubba? 2,500? Um, yeah, almost 2,500 there. And, yeah, and the, yeah the, the majority of those were Pirate fans. And Well, what the hell's a Queens fan? Yeah, there there were very few there. They love <laughs> and I, you. You did have uh, some, you know, some local, just baseball fans attending the game. Yeah, I saw a guy in the NC State hat. Yeah, you you had some uh, you had some of that. You know, folks, it's Canapolis, not not Charlotte. Not that you wouldn't have had a little bit of that in Charlotte, but you're more prone to have it, more apt to have that kind of thing in Canapolis because there's. There's not as much going on, obviously, as is downtown Charlotte. So, so some folks, um, you know, eager for the Cannonballer season to start here in a month and a half, came out and then did the same thing the following night uh, as Charlotte um, lost a heartbreaker, I think, something like thirteen to eleven to to UNC Wilmington, and they had, I want to say, seventeen hundred at that game. So, uh, pretty impressive that in and although pretty impressive, not surprising that we had more for our game than Charlotte did for UNC Wilmington because we clearly have a strong alumni base in this part of the state and just as overall strong following for, for baseball when games are played in state. I mean, folks from from Raleigh or other parts to the east traveling to Kannapolis for the game. That is impressive there. Hey, Bubba. Off the top of my head, isn't there this year we're playing in four minor league ballparks? Correct. Off the top of my head. Yeah, you've already you've already played in the DBAP and Atrium Health Ballpark, and then you'll be playing in downtown um, Charlotte at the Charlotte Knights Stadium. Yeah, and that was I think April nineteenth against the Forty Niners. That true. And, and then you also have um, the game. At the the ballpark down in Fayetteville uh, against Campbell, yep. and, and then uh, who knows there may be there may be others, but I at least, at least those four right I, off the top I, of my head. I think our ODU game is going to be at a minor league ballpark in Norfolk. I'm almost. Oh, positive. is that where the where the Tides play? Yeah, oh, I, I didn't think realize so. that. Okay, I think so. don't that don't fine. quote me on that 100, percent but I think I heard. You that. may be right. Yeah, now that you say that, I remember reading something okay. about where the okay, that uh, that would be cool. So that's a good. To me, the reason I brought that up is I think uh, that's great for our not only our fan base because we can get more fans there, but also the fact that it gives our guys experience, especially coming tournament time down in uh, Clearwater. That's definitely a minor league park and yeah. a beautiful park for the Phillies. Yeah, and Dave, you talk about the atmosphere and how the majority of that 2,400-plus that we had at Atrium Health Ballpark were Pirate fans, and uh, we – the crowd did a good job of staying in it despite the bats being quiet oh, and uh, really I think helped propelled the team to the, the victory and um, really, really got loud there in those last couple innings when we tied it and then pushed across three runs in the top of the 10th. But um, check out our video on our, on our YouTube channel. Um, you know, we were, I captured a lot of that and I, I moved down there behind the plate where you guys saw me, just yep. for the just for the final inning, <laughs> and um, and the reason I did that just because I heard, I saw folks saying that there was no volume on the ESPN Plus feed. Correct. So, so, so I wanted them to have a you know an accurate depiction of what what the crowd was like and how many pirate fans were there. Yeah, yeah you, you can see it on the nice. TV. Yeah, you can see it on the TV, and I and I kept syncing my tune-in audio. With uh, with with uh, Scott calling the game and uh, and Coach O, and uh, and I and I I got a I had it perfectly synced finally perfectly synced because I'm anal about that I couldn't have it one second off so I had it you know I kept pausing the game had it synced and then somebody called me and I just said screw it I'm not going through that again so I watched the last about four innings with no audio because I wasn't gonna try to sync it again it was driving me nuts man yeah well you can get it synced but then. But then, you know, you, you also in the back of your mind know, well, now I'm, I'm watching it slightly delayed, so what's happening? And then when the phone call happened, I said, screw it, I'm not syncing it again. I'll just watch the rest of it with no volume. 
Yeah, so uh, make sure to check us out this weekend on Sunday night for extra innings. And speaking of extra innings, brought to you by our good friends at Next Level Training Center. And you can simply go to nextleveltc.com. Give them a call, 252-756-NEXT. And we appreciate uh, Trent and Gaynell, Britt, their support of the program. And Kyle, you know what I've got to do this weekend, bro? I've got to order the uh, pgxgloves.coms. I've got to go there for my kids for baseball and softball. I'm going to do it this weekend finally. Yeah, uh, it's time to order order uh, gloves, some baseball, softball season. You need your batting gloves. Uh, maybe you're about to go hit the greens and play a little golf. You need some new golf gloves. Whatever you're, you're, you're you know, they got the swag. There we are right on the screen. We if you're watching, they got the swag also. They've got football gloves. Any kind of gloves you need, they got it. And don't forget about the swag and apparel. Put in promo code ECU at checkout. Save yourself 25%. That's at pgxgloves.com. Go get yourself something. Thanks, Kaz, uh, for your support of the program. means a lot. And by the way, somebody who means a lot of me, guys, before we go, I've got one more thing, Bubba. I normally wouldn't do this, but I want to give a praise report. I know Kyle's going to say I'm bragging about my great daughter, Mackenzie Blair. My daughter finally got on the honor roll. I'm so proud of her. She's been working really, really hard. So um, she gets embarrassed when I talk about her on here, but I want to give her a shout out for her hard work. She's come a long way here in third grade. So love you, baby. And uh, keep that, uh, keep those grades coming. It's uh, great to see your kid excited uh, that they made the honor roll, especially for the first time and really proud of her. So uh, guys, do you have anything else before we go? Not a thing. All right. Appreciate everybody. Thanks to Kim McNeil, her great players winning that championship. 46-44 again in Fort Worth at Dickey's Arena. And also the men winning and the play-in game basically. And they're going to the quarterfinals tomorrow against, uh, well, today, later on at Houston. Uh, we, we had their press conference. Congratulations on their win against USF today. Big one in Fort Worth. All right. We'll I'll see you later on today. Uh, we don't know what time yet for overtime. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Good night. Good day. And we'll talk to you later. As always, go Pirates. Every yard, every first down, every touchdown with a cannon's blast. Get it on, get it all, get the wave going.